Welcome to episode 59 of EIU Panthers Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Moser. We continue our EIU Athletics Hall of Fame Class of 2021 series today with a third of our five inductees, former EIU volleyball coach Betty Ralston. Ralston coached the Panthers for 16 seasons, posting seven 20-plus win campaigns and coaching numerous all-conference players, including two conference players of the year. We talked to Ralston about her start in the coaching business, the early days of coaching in the NCAA Division I, the conference changes EIU went through during her time as the head coach, and the current state of the game during today's podcast. We are now in Season 2 of EIU Panthers Podcast, and you can hear any of our episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Simply search EIU Panthers Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. Consolidated Communications is a proud sponsor of Eastern Illinois Athletics. Want to learn more about the future of broadband for your home or business? Then visit Consolidated.com today. A busy week of EIU Athletics is ahead with home events for women's soccer, men's soccer, volleyball, and the swimming openers on tap. You can stay up to date on all things EIU by visiting EIUPanthers.com, the official website of EIU Panthers Athletics or you can follow us on Twitter at EIU underscore Panthers. Congratulations to a host of Athlete of the Week award winners. Russell Dandy was named the Football OVC Defensive Player of the Week. Zanea Barnes was the OVC Offensive Player of the Week for women's soccer, while her teammate, Kinsey Balserak, was the OVC Defensive Player of the Week for women's soccer. Cross-country runners Dustin Hatfield and Lindsey Carlson were named the OVC Male and Female Runners of the Week, marking the second time this season that the pair has swept that honor. Now to this week's episode of EIU Panthers Podcast with former volleyball coach and 2021 EIU Hall of Fame inductee, Betty Ralston. And welcome to another edition of EIU Panthers Podcast. We'll continue our Hall of Fame series. Our guest this week is Betty Ralston, the former EIU volleyball coach and also an administrator for a period of time here at Eastern. So thank you for joining us here on the podcast this week, Betty. Sure. Thanks for having me. Well, I'll I'll start with you the way I've done with all the the people that are get inducted into the Hall of Fame, I guess, kind of when you got the call, you've been doing this. I think it's a little bit different maybe for coaches than it is for for athletes, but I guess kind of what was your reaction and kind of feelings when you were got the call of being inducted into the Athletic Hall of Fame here at Eastern? Well, quite honestly, I probably spent about five minutes trying to decline the honor with Tom (laughs) and telling him that I really wanted another one of my players to go in instead because I never really felt that I had done anything special. Um, And uh, I really feel that, you know, you do the job that you're supposed to do. And I didn't expect this. And like I said, I'd really like to see (laughs) more of my former players go in. Well, we're going to talk about some of those former players and a few of them, a few of them that played for you are in the Hall of Fame. And there are a few that are some worthy candidates that that I'm sure we'll we'll, we'll talk about. But I I know you're a humble person. I've known you a number of years here. And so to to say that you would decline that because you you just kind of were doing your job is very much in the the mindset of the the personality that I've gotten to know with you. Well, I like I said, I just uh, 
you do what you're supposed to do. I grew up with a father who told me, if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself <laughs> and do it right the first time. And so uh, I didn't grow up with a whole lot of um, <laughs> praise and things. So things were just expected of me. And I guess that's kind of how things went. Now for you, you, you you've coached here at Eastern for, for 16 years. You've won over 300 matches during that time. So you yeah, you did do some, some things right, a couple of conference championships along the way. But I, I guess we'll, we'll go back and you started coaching in, in the early 1980s when EIU was really moving into Division One. So I guess kind of you would have been, I think, I think a young coach at the time. What, what was attractive to you at the position, kind of what led to, to you taking over here, your role at Eastern? Well, I had been a division three coach for four years at two different schools. And uh, so after two years up in Wisconsin, we won the um, league championship up there um, in my second year. And I was doing my master's at the same time. And so at that point, I got paid, uh, I think, $8,000 a year to coach volleyball, softball, and JV basketball oh, wow. while I was doing my master's. And um, so it was a busy year and I softball had been my favorite sport earlier, except when you're coaching in the snow in October and in the spring, I mean, in, in Wisconsin, and you're having to plow the fields so that they can find the foul lines, you decide that volleyball might be a much nicer yeah. <laughs> uh, environment for your lifetime of coaching. And so I started applying for jobs and got the interview uh, down in Charleston and, and liked the school and was very appreciative that I was offered the position. Now, I, I guess I'll kind of also ask that you would have come up in an era where really women's sports and women's opportunities when you were been a, would have been a younger girl would not have probably been as bountiful as they are for, for some of the young ladies nowadays. What sports did you kind of get interested in and what did that, how did that maybe lead you into your passion for wanting to coach? Yeah, well, uh, you're true. <laughs> the year I graduated high school was the year Title IX was passed in 72, but of course it didn't become really enforced until 76. So we played all the sports. I mean, I was on the field hockey team, the soccer, the volleyball, the basketball, but girls sports were an after school activity and we just had a great time playing and that's kind of what it was and then when I uh, graduated college I started teaching and coaching um, at the high school level at a private uh, Catholic high school and the volleyball team the first year won sectionals in the five years I was there we won the volleyball sectional title every year went undefeated the last three years and so I decided well this sounds like a good sport to continue in but never really had the personal experience as much playing, um, but I've always had a mind of seeing the big picture on things. And I think that's what I liked. I liked the um, analytical uh, aspect of trying to do things differently. And, um, you know, so it, it was great. Of course, in the early 80s, um, you know, we were <laughs> driving the cars. Today's kids and coaches, I think, uh, get a little spoiled and don't understand what all we went through because we didn't get to go the night before, you know, we would leave Eastern at six in the morning to drive all the way to Wichita State or Drake or wherever and have to play that night. And 
you know, then either uh, sleep in a hotel and get up early the next morning to drive to the other partner school on Saturday to play and play that match and then have to drive back home. So, um, you know, you, you, you didn't do things for money. You did things because you enjoyed it. And I think that's always been um, my thing. I, I really enjoyed coaching and, and dealing with the athletes. Now, when you came to Eastern, you guys would have been members of the, the Gateway Conference, which people, if they look at those schools <laughs> nowadays, that's kind of the, what is the core of the Missouri Valley Conference. And you, you just talked about that. At the time, the Gateway was kind of a, a really good league, if you look at those schools, but it was really only a women's league as schools were really trying to differentiate how they were going to fund men's programs and women's programs. And, and I'm sure that had to be an interesting battle for you in that those early days of division one as a coach. Yes, that that's the one thing when I was hired in uh, 83, we had six volleyball scholarships, 12 was um, the maximum. And I was told I'd get uh, one additional one every year. Um, 12 years later, I finally got the additional six. <laughs> and I think the hardest thing in the gateway program was volleyball plays about 30 matches a year, but the coaches in the conference uh, wanted to play stronger schools outside. And so we only had nine conference matches a year. And when you're playing 30 matches and only nine count and they're at the end of the year, a lot of times by the second weekend, you could be already out of tournament, you know, competition for the championship because they only allowed the top four to go in to the tournament. So yeah. it, it, it was a struggle conference wise in every year that we were there and we did the best we could. Um, you know, they, the move to the mid continent gave us more schools and, and the four years that we were in the mid-continent, there were two different <laughs> mid-continents. Yeah. We had different <laughs> members. And you know, we were we became much more competitive um, in the mid-continent. I think the, the the lowest we ever finished was third there. And and um, you know that that was good. Uh, the balance was good with that. And so that really helped us. And then we did get our final 12th scholarship as we joined the OVC. And again, we were in the championship match each of the first three years in the OVC. So uh, we were able to be very competitive there. Now, you talked about that. I mean, I guess when you're when you're working as a coach and you come in and you you start in 1983 and you're kind of the member of a fledgling conference. And so everybody is kind of having the same kind of recruiting speech, you move through this and you coached for 16 years and three different conferences. When you were recruiting, did you find that you were recruiting more to the conferences you were in, or did you continue to just kind of go back to the same areas over and over and recruit the same type of players and just realize that we'll adjust to the league we're in as opposed to try to find play different types of players? Well, You've got to understand these scholarships that we had were only in-state scholarships okay. because at the time tuition for out-of-state or international was three times the yeah. amount of in-state, which is not true anymore. So basically, I would just be driving around the state of Illinois, uh, 
club volleyball wasn't, of course, as um, developed as it is now. And so I would go to the high school gyms. And um, most of the time when I went to the gyms, I, I would not tell recruits I was coming. Um, and I would kind of sit up with the parents and just kind of watch. Um, I tended to favor the hardworking kid that maybe was an inch or two shorter than what other people wanted and wasn't getting recruited. And that's kind of how we built our reputation is that we had scrappy kids that wanted to play hard and, and did a good job for us. And that really worked out. And I, I think one of the outcomes I'm most pleased with is that a lot of my former players are still best friends with their teammates and because all with everyone coming from the state of Illinois they all kind of had the same values um you know they just were hard-working midwest kids <laughs> and uh, when we had our uh, reunion team uh three years ago from uh their 20-year reunion it was just as if those kids had just walked off the last match that they played together they they all still got right back into um you know they're just friends and and that was that's i think the best part of sports is how it can bring people together and and you do build lifelong friendships and you guys were able to do that and that that probably camaraderie between the teams probably helped you know when you, you talked about create some lifelong bonds but also probably made for some good balance on, on your, your teams out there. I know you had a couple different ladies that were, were players of the year, but I, when I look through your, your teams that you coach, they seem to always have good balance. You would have a player who was a star player one year, but maybe they were a role player a different year. And I, I guess that was maybe kind of the mindset of the type of kid you recruited. Yes. And also uh, when I recruited, I, I would never promise anybody playing time. Uh, I always told kids that whoever works hardest and deserves to be playing will. I would not announce starting lineups a day or two ahead of time. I really felt that um, people needed to keep working in practice. I also, when I recruited, um, recruited the parents as much as the kids, because if I was going to deal with um, the kids for four years, I had to enjoy being around them. And I surely wanted to enjoy being around their parents yeah. as well. And um, quite honestly, I can say I never really had problem parents in the 16 years that uh, I would let the parents know, you know, our schedule plenty early. We mailed things out. Of course, it wasn't the Internet in those days, but they would get a complete practice schedule. So they knew what time their kids were practicing, when we were leaving for trips, when we'd be getting back, what hotels we were staying in. Wow. There were a lot of times parents would come and stay in the same hotels. I had no problem with that. Um, it worked out really well. And, and I just think that the kids enjoyed, you know, when you're away from home and you only get to see your parents once in a while. The kids got enjoyed getting to see them or their sisters or brothers who yeah. would, would come along. So, um, you know, that, that was a big part of it. Now you, you talk about, we, we talked about you had success with your teams and we said a few players, one player of the year, the, the two players I have written down that I knew were players of the year were Karen Sadler and, and Sherry Austin. I guess talk about those two players. I, I don't know if they were the same type of player or if they were a, a different player that kind of to rose to the occasion. They each would have been players of the year in two different conferences. So that would have changed the people that were voting for them in, in terms of looking at the type of player. 
Yeah, no, Karen uh, Sadler was uh, from uh, north, very northwestern Illinois. Um, went to see her, was not, she was probably the second or third highest rated recruit out of her recruiting class. Um, but she had a terrific jump. She was an outside hitter, uh, very aggressive player, um, you know, had a, a, a great career with us and uh, was always very dependable. Uh, she was a, a deadhead, so she was a little bit flaky sometimes, uh, <laughs> but we had a great time with her. Whereas Sherry, you know, I I'm, was so happy for her because the class that graduated in 97 had four players who had played solidly every match for four years. So when we entered that 98 season, no one expected us to do much. And Sherry really had not gotten much playing time because she was sitting behind two kids who had started for four years. Uh, we knew she had um, the talent to do it. She just hadn't had a whole lot of experience before that. And she came in and just totally dominated uh, the league that year as a middle hitter, uh, both hitting and blocking and well-deserved, uh, both of them well-deserved their player of the year awards. Now, when you coached at the time and the volleyball, the, the, the game has changed, of course, at the time they I guess it was called side out scoring at the time. It's rally scoring nowadays as a, that came in a few years after you were done at serving as a head coach. How do you feel as still a proponent of volleyball? Is that, you know, how has that impacted the game a little bit and maybe even changed the way that you would have recruited players? Well, um, I guess two things. One with uh, every player that I had, had to play defense. And quite honestly, we won the national dig title the last two seasons. Um, uh, and also uh, were high enough every other year, because again, we weren't playing with these six foot tall people. I mean, I had middles that were five, eight sometimes and, and the outsides, most of these kids, you know, were five, seven, five, eight, uh, but they were scrappy and they were good. When I was recruiting, the best thing about rally scoring is I can't tell you how many times I would go into a gym for a varsity match that was supposed to start at seven o'clock and we still had to sit there for an hour watching a JV match where three out of four serves would go into the net and you were watching it was like watching paint dry it was so slow that it would drive me crazy um and now the one thing I notice when I go watch the matches is with the liberos now kind of take over and I'm not sure that I like that as much. I, I think that it was nice when everybody played their position, knew where they had to be on the court. And I think it was maybe a little bit better, but I can understand it gives an extra player a chance to get on the court, um, which is what they use them for now. So, you know, I guess for that reason, it's good, but I don't know that the defense of all the other players has, uh, gotten any better. I think that uh, that, that probably has, has changed uh, how coaches run practices and everything. Now, one of the other big changes that will happen, at least for Eastern Volleyball, is the, the implementation or the addition of beach volleyball. And I know one of the one of the proponents, and before anybody ever asked, no, there's not a beach in Charleston. It's not magically moved, but it's, it is sand volleyball is what it is. It's they'll play at, at a couple sand courts here locally. 
how do you, that I know has gotten a lot of publicity based on the Olympics. What have you seen from that that you think that that maybe helps benefit then teams that also have court volleyball programs? Um, at most of the big schools at the power five schools, those are really two completely separate teams. They're not the same. Um, it'll, you know, when you're playing in the sand, you, you don't have the floor to jump off of. So it will help some skills and defensively, it will help some of the other players. Um, you know, your liberos and defensive specialists will not probably be doing much beach volleyball because both players have to be able to, uh, hit the ball and yeah. and um so i would say that that's the one area that they won't get as much but um it, it'll be good it'll be interesting for them to see it and it gives you know just changes things up a little i think that's the other big change from when i was coaching to now is that you know most of these kids are now on campus 12 months out of the year i i never had my kids stay for the summer i always thought that you know the, the summers were theirs to go home and work or to do what they wanted because you know, they, they were going to be working <laughs> the yeah. next 40 years of their lives. I didn't want to take their summers away. And that's all been changed now. So, um, you know, I, I think it'll be interesting for them. It, it's it's not going to detract from anything. Uh, that's for sure. It'll it'll just be a nice change probably for them. Now, also, after you had a very successful coaching career at Eastern, you finished out your last year. You guys were regular season OBC champions. You mentioned that you were able to get uh, deep into the conference tournament again. You kind of moved out of the coaching part and then stayed on and worked in an administrative role for a number of years at Eastern. What was that transition like? And I guess kind of what was in that, what helped that process? I know you have a family, your husband has a, a career as well. I, I'm sure that there were some, some conversations there that helped, you know, make you guys make that move. Yeah, that was unexpected. That was the summer of uh, 99. Um, really, uh, the compliance director left Eastern. I had always been someone that was interested um, in administration. And we had moved up to Champaign uh, a few months earlier uh, for my husband, who was working at University of Illinois. And so, and I wanted my son um, to get a chance. He was a soccer player and he, he could play year round up here and not in Charleston at the time. And so um, when the compliance director left, I did, did apply for the job. Um, and, you know, one of the questions they were concerned that I would be, um, you know, too much of a friend to the coaches and not have them follow rules. And, and, you know, I said at the time, I am friendly with all the coaches, but not best friends. And, my main thing with, with doing it was trying to make it easier going into compliance from a coaching standpoint. Um, you know, we used to have to fill out three or four forms with all the same information and it just got so repetitive. And the first thing I did when I got the job was start consolidating forms, making life easier for the coaches because I knew what they had to go through and the previous person had never really done any coaching. And so, um, that was my main job is, is try to make life easier for the coaches, go through things with them. Um, and uh, I, I enjoyed that experience. Uh, it let me um, get to know hundreds of student athletes instead of the 12 I had been, been dealing with. 
Um, so it just kind of came at a great time. And after having been with other people's children for <laughs> 20 plus years, it was nice to get a chance to go watch my own son um, during his high school career and, and club career get to, uh, to play. <laughs> And then for you, I know some of the things that you've done around the program, you've, you've been out of the, the administrative side. I know you mentioned your, your husband, he was at Illinois. I know you guys moved out of the area eventually. Um, you've been able to give back to the program. You created a number of years ago, a, a scholarship, which goes to a volleyball player every year. What was kind of your, your thinking behind that, that ability to want to give back? Well, um, after when I left East, uh, Eastern, uh, my husband had gotten a job up at University of North Dakota. So we spent three years up there where I was um, uh, the senior associate AD and ended up being the acting AD the last year. And, and when I came back to Champaign, my husband then came back and got a, a different job. Um, I got a call. Barbara Burke was was AD at the time at Eastern, and um, they had had another compliance turnover and were um, needing a little help. And um, I said, you know, I can I can come down and help you out. So there were seven or eight months. They gave me a, a little contract to come down, and you know, I didn't really need the money, and I decided I was going to use that salary that they were giving me to establish the scholarship. I just wanted to really honor and, and have something and let my former players know that um, th this was for them. I so enjoyed all of them. And to the date, uh, this year we'll give out, uh, a, it'll, the total goes to $11,000 that's um, been given out um, as of this year. And I keep contributing to it and hope other ones do. And one of these years, I'm hoping that uh, one of the daughters of one of our former players can uh, come and take <laughs> advantage of that <laughs> uh, because, uh, you know, that's that's the one thing that uh, would be nice is to see a legacy come in. Well, Betty, I, I appreciate your time um, joining us here on the podcast. Congratulations once again on your, your Hall of Fame induction and your successful career as a, a coach. I know as a, a humble person, you you're wanting more of your your former athletes to to be recognized and hopefully those those opportunities will come for him them in the next few years thanks i i hope so very much <laughs> all right appreciate it thank you once again and congratulations thanks <laughs>